You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Espear. So let me just intro this, okay? I'm having Sasha Morfort from the Bravo Breakdown. I don't know if you guys have seen her on Instagram. If you haven't, delete your Instagram because she has restored my faith in Instagram, okay? <laughs> Little did I, did I know, she's also restored my faith in musical theater. So a lot of people don't know this about me on the show, but I actually did go to musical theater school, which is the case for you as well, right, Sasha? Sorry, yes. this was a weird intro. Hi, Sasha. Hi, 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 hi. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to talk all things musical theater. We're not even going to talk musical theater, but I felt like we had to because... You know, we were going to record this episode yesterday. I didn't have time to watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to recap. And so then we just had a little bonding session here on Zencaster, the software that I used to record. And we chatted about our musical theater background and how we both felt that we didn't really fit into the mold of what musical theater wants performers to be. And she sends me this video, which is the waitress Tony performance. She used to be mine. I never know how to say the name of Sarah. Sarah Bareilles wrote her own musical. Best thing, like I quit musical theater about five, six years ago. And I can't remember the last time I had goosebumps listening to music. Right. And you've this happen again for the first time in like six years. Oh, well, that makes me so happy that you feel the same. Because when I listened to that performance, I literally like like exactly the same experience. My eyes were watering, goosebumps all over. I was like shaking watching that performance. Isn't it incredible, Jesse? How do you pronounce her last? How's it written? How's it say? Um, Jesse Muller. Yeah, Jesse Muller. She literally like guts me. She so she played Carol King in the Carol King musical. Every time she performs, she guts me because she, she like she, she. You can feel that she carries it in her body. It's not, she's not just singing the notes. Like you can feel it coming out of her. It's so fucking yes. amazing. The tone of voice was amazing. Oh. It wasn't just about the notes. It was about the little cracks in the voice. Mm -hmm. It was just the full fucking package. Mm -hmm. And I literally just had to say this before this podcast because I walked away from musical theater and the music industry for that exact exact reason. I mean, I'm never going to go back to it. Don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> you know, I might go see a, a, a musical again. It's been a good six years that I've not been moved by a song, which is a lot for me to admit on this podcast because this is not an emotional podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, the musical, Sarah Bareilles did an amazing job with the writing anyway. Because, you know, Sarah, her songs are just the melodies and things are so great. But the combination of that and then Jessie with her, the way she sings and her acting and the way she just like embodies the character, everything about it is just so incredible. And I haven't seen I've watched a couple of people do that song, perform that song. Jordan Sparks has performed that song. So Shauna Bean has performed that song and no one does it in the way that Jessie does. See, I used to be a big fan of Shoshana Bean or whatever, Shoshana, whatever people call her. Mm -hmm. um, I used to sing her songs. I had the voice for some of her songs and I used to really admire the vocal performance, but it sometimes really does lack in like the emotional mm -hmm. value that this person brought to that performance. I'm not trying to be a musical 
theater critique here, but I just felt the need to tell you guys that I had a revelation today. The content may be fluffy on this podcast. I might be a tad more emotional than I normally am. Thanks to you, Sasha. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone should go, even if you're not into musical theater or anything like that. Like if you want to get a good goosebump session and get chills and cry and really feel something, you should, everyone should go watch that performance. Like even if you don't like musical theater, it'd be really hard to watch that and not feel what this woman is singing. It's so fucking brilliant. This is a great tip to give everyone. Actually, this brings me to my next point. Tip of the week. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. My tip of the week this week is, you know, we've all been on lockdown. We all hate life. Life is tough. Life sucks these days. We all know it. I'm not going to be a victim about it. But if you want to feel something, which is something that I cannot say I've felt in a really long time, you know, you can't really you know, connect with your friends, you can't really date, you can't really party, you can't really do all of the things that would just, you know, bring out some emotions. Go do yourself a favor and go watch the YouTube video. It's called Waitress Tony Performance. She used to be mine. It's a little emo. I'm not going to lie. I usually don't super like emo. I'm very, very just very bitter about everything these days. You know, I'm very cynical. This did something. It worked. It fucking works. You all need to do it. Okay. I'm going to be so fucking emotional on this episode. Um, Asha, I want to know what your tip of the week is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. What is my tip of the week? See this. See, okay. See, it's actually good that you didn't tell me about the tip of the week prior because I would have had like a list of things. <laughs> I need one thing. So usually I do a skincare thing, like a product or an app that you've used that really improved your day-to-day life. Like something that really kind of helps you cope. Okay. A big thing for me is uh, I do, I, I try to like maintain an attitude of gratitude because that really, really, really centers me. You'd be surprised how effective it is to simply write down 10 things that you're grateful for. Just that. It could be anything. So so if soon as you wake up in the morning, jot down 10 things you're grateful for. And it- You do this every morning? Like literally every I, morning? I if, if I don't do it in the morning, I do it in the evening, but I try to do it every day. Because it, okay, it, it how does really it help? Works. How does it make you feel? Is okay. it because for me, like I, I'm gonna keep it real with you? I know I can. Now we've bonded over musical theater. When people tell me like I meditate, you know, I practice gratitude and I do a- affirmations, I'm like, what the what what the fuck does it do? Like okay. Right. Okay. So a lot of the times for me, whenever I'm in self-pity or whatever, I'm, you know, feeling bad about myself or feeling depressed or feeling like, oh, I don't have enough of this or enough of that. When you write down a list of gratitude, it immediately gets you out of that space and gets you into like other people. Cause a lot of times the things that you're grateful for, for me, at least it has to do with like other people. A lot of them are like relationships and things like that. So when you get out of yourself, you start to get into service to others. And when you're in service to others, you, it, it basically automatically puts you in a space of peace. Because it's not about you. Sasha, you are a very deeply emotional, deep person. Why the <laughs> fuck are you recapping Bravo on Instagram? <laughs> Just <laughs> Is it, For that reason, exactly. Because it's my escapism. It gives me that space where I can just like turn off and just, you know, watch these women behave badly. And, you know, not be, you know, sometimes, and that's the thing, like a lot, whenever I look at these ones, sometimes I will go too deep. Like, where, where's this really, 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 really coming from, you know? So this is what I love about your recaps on Instagram. So we all know by now, you know, everyone has a fucking Bravo podcast, but you know, it's very rare for me. Like I usually find all these, whenever I see something Bravo related, I'm like, oh, another 
Bravo podcast. Not that I'm a Bravo podcast, but I talk about it. Ugh, another Bravo celebrity that starts a podcast. Ugh, another Bravo memes account. Please shoot me now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I came across the Bravo breakdown, which is your Instagram page. You create really, really high quality content. You make videos, which is great because usually, you know, the Bravo world, they kind of tend to focus on audio and like press and stuff Mm -hmm. and make these video recaps, use imagery. You really put a lot of effort in your editing. And not only that, your attention to detail, your observations, the whole shebang. I was like, okay, thank you. Follow, (laughs) follow. I don't follow. I don't like following. You know what I mean? I'm not a follower. Um, I'm a follower. I'm I'm one of your followers. You can call me a follower now. Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel so honored. Thank you so much for not ripping me a new one. <laughs> well, no, I ripped you a new one because I was like affirmations, really. Well, you but did, like you I, did. But I wasn't I kinda, not just saying it just to be like, oh, like you know, your crystals and your incense and your voodoo. Literally, yeah. like it, it's the pen to paper aspect of it. That's why I don't say yeah. meditate. It's not like you, it's more of like the actual physical aspect of putting the pen to, to paper. It does something for the brain. Literally, it's it's a tangible thing that you can do. And yeah. it's, it has substance, which I, I it might not work for me. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if it'll work for me straight away, but I appreciate the substance behind the advice. <laughs> just telling me to listen to a fucking meditation is not going to make me happy. It's not going to make me rich. It's not going to make me hot. And it's not going to give me a fucking baby. Let me tell you. <laughs> but do you know what meditation does? It shrinks your amygdala. It, it, bring, it helps your anxiety. It literally physically shrinks that part of your brain that is getting swelled. I've tried many times and uh, meditation just makes my anxiety be worse. It makes it worse. Oh, no. I'm too much in my own head. I think the the, the, the meditation thing for me is either going to have to become a full-time job if I want to succeed or I just have to like understand that it's just not for me. I, I can't, there's, I can't, there's nothing else to say about this. I don't know. <laughs> well, you're not the old. There's plenty of people that feel that way. There's something for everyone. Do you like, you know, I'm sure there's something that you like that'll just kind of bring you back down to earth. Maybe just going for yes. a walk or something. Yeah. I actually spoke about this on my last episode. Um, I do wiring, which yes, I know it's like Katie Vanderpump rules knitting. Um, you know, I buy metal wire and I write names and do shapes with it, which is kind of the, the equivalent of a color book, except Uh. that I can't do a basic bitch color book because please God forbid, I'm not going to do that. Um, (laughs) and it kind of soothes my soul and it just relaxes my brain. And that's the only thing. Cause, cause you know, wiring and moving, like bending the metal, mm. you know, I have to do something. I can't do nothing. Totally. I'm a doer. Totally. Totally. No, that, that makes perfect sense. That makes sense. And that's, it does the same thing. The, the all meditation is about is bringing your thoughts to one thing. So if you're bringing, exactly. bringing it to your breath or bringing it to one specific sound or bringing it to one specific task, it, it, you could get the same result. So you're doing the same thing. So good for you. So technically I'm meditating. Look at this. This yes. is a breakthrough episode. Yes. I can't, I've become a follower. I've become a meditation hoe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. oh my goodness. No, I was say, I feel so honored that you're a follower because your podcast is on fleek, honey. Oh, the, thank you, honey. I just, I, I can't believe I just said honey. <laughs> I just, can I just say, like, I don't know if you feel that way, but like, because I watch your videos, I'm like, I know this person now. And I know how your brain works. Uh uh I don't know if if it's the same way when you listen to a podcast, but I feel like when you see someone's facial expressions in a video, I'm like, oh, that bitch 
Yeah, me too. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Like I really feel the emotions with you. It's really weird. Totally. No, I totally. It's like you know when you meet a reality star or something, you think you already know them because you've watched their confessionals and you understand like their thought process. Oh yeah, when they come on the podcast, I literally feel like I've known, like I treat them like I've known them for ten years, and sometimes I feel like it's a bit disrespectful. And then I listen back, and I'm like, ooh, okay, maybe not, <laughs> but like, it's done now on tape. We are here to discuss Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes. <laughs> That's all I got to say is, yes, we are. We are here to do that. Should we even be doing that? That is the question. I Let me, let me, let me lead the conversation because this is an uncomfortable episode, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're finally getting it real from Bravo. You know, we get some scenes with people not mic'd up, real in the moment, I really feel like watching these last few episodes of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has actually made me want to fucking delete my entire podcast because for the first time in my existence, I've come to, you know, not the realization, but I've been thinking like, is reality TV okay? Like, is it something that people should be doing? Is this something that is okay for us to watch, for people to do? And now I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, it's it's becoming a real shit show. I think doing reality TV requires a very specific skill set. And I think Denise doesn't have it. Yeah, I think I've come to realize that reality TV, being a reality TV personality, is not just being you and being filmed. It's actually a job and it's a career and it's a real commitment. And I realized that, you know, because of the the hours and the filming and the time that you have to put aside to do it. But now I'm realizing it more on like the emotional level Mm -hmm. and yet skill set. I'm like, fuck, this is actually something that I would never be cut out for ever. Absolutely. For the reasons that you just said, like most people think that they just get to be on TV and drink and get drunk and fight. And it's like all hunky dory. It's so fun. But yeah, it takes an emotional toll because even like we'll get into it. But just how Lisa Rinna is like, if you want to sit at this table, if you want to be here, it's like meaning if you sign that contract and you want to get your four million, you need to sit here and show up like everyone else. I don't think Denise understands that, like, that's your job description. You don't get to like get up and leave just because you want to. Like that's what you're called here to do is to sit here and talk about fucking bullshit. That's what you're getting paid to do. And I think Denise doesn't quite get that. I know. And so, you know, I have very mixed feelings about that scene because there's a part of me when I was watching, I was like, Rena, very easy being the preacher here when you don't have anything that you're ashamed of. You know, I was like, that's kind of easy for you to do. You have no fucking shame. You don't have anything that you've done that you're embarrassed about, right. you know? So for her to be like, you need to sit down or fucking leave. I was like, bit cutthroat, a bit insensitive. I Very mixed feelings because, I, yes, I do feel like people sign a contract and this is the job. Mm-hmm. But I do feel I, I am human and I do have a heart, you know? Mm-hmm. Flash, Deanna Espia has a heart. <laughs> I do think there is a line. Mm-hmm. I am not sure that when you sign up to be on a reality show, you are selling your soul to the devil. I don't know if it's a deal with the devil. I I, I think there's a line. I don't think. I think, I think it's a deal with the devil. A I deal th- with the devil. That's what I was trying to say. You don't. You, you don't? I, no, I do. You're the school of Lisa Renner where it's like whatever you have – to hide it's got to be out there and that is your fucking job yeah 
Because here's the thing. Well, like, I, I, I believe that per- personally, outside of a reality show, let's say you're just an actress. I think that, yes, you, you, you don't have to go into an interview and talk about your personal life or talk about your sex life or all these sorts of things. There's plenty of actresses that don't even show their children's face on their Instagram. But a reality star, that's the whole point of being a reality star. You're bringing your whole self. If you're not going to bring your whole self to the show, I don't think Denise belongs on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think she's great. I think that I would love for just to watch Denise. But if, if we're just going to watch Denise and she's going to filter out and show us what she wants to show us and she doesn't need to be on an ensemble show, she's going to go back to her. You know, she had her own show. It's complicated on E. And that yeah. I think she thrives in that setting where it's like, follow me and see what I want to show you and see the unfiltered version of me in a way that I want to show you, which I think is great. But when you're on a show like Beverly Hills and it's an ensemble cast, the whole point is to show your whole self. And that's what that's what brings viewers. So I definitely think that when you sign the contract to be on a reality show, that's the whole point. That's why you're, everyone's that's why they're paying you four million dollars. That's why not everyone is cut out for it. That's why we know that's why we have Taylor Armstrong, people like Taylor Armstrong comes showing up with her face getting beat because yeah, it sucks. It's very uncomfortable, but that's what reality TV is. It's a reflection of reality. So if we're going to edit it, I may as well watch a scripted show. So I, I get it. Like I, I don't, I think it sucks and it, I'm sure it takes an emotional toll on someone to be, you know, torn apart like that and picked apart, but that's what you're signed up for. That's why they're paying you so much money because that's what we're looking to see. So I feel for Denise. Absolutely. I think they need to mind their own fucking business in the real world but you're on a reality show. So you need to just say, yeah, Brandy Glanville sucked my fucking pussy. And why do you care? That's what I think the conversation should be. Why are y'all trying to slut shame me? Why are you trying to tear my family apart? Not, oh, I did or didn't do it. Cause that's not the conversation you obviously did. Let's talk about why Brandy is fucking thirsty and trying to get her ass back on the show. That's what I want to talk about. Oh, wow. So I had a, but before we get into that, I actually had a question with regards to what you just said. So if you think Denise should put it all out, don't you feel like that all doing what Denise is doing though? Don't you think that with Dorit, we only see the pretty, oh, yeah. we, you know, we don't see all the ugly, even with, you know, Garcelle, I mean, she's too new, but even with Sutton, we don't see like they briefly touched upon her, you know, Absolutely. eating disorder, but briefly touched upon, but like no one's drilling her. No one is like, come on. Tell me as they should, as they should. They've implied it. They've implied it. But I, I feel like they're all kind of like showing us the nice, pretty, pinky, rainbowy surface. So which is the exact, which is the exact reason why I don't fuck with Beverly Hills like I fuck with a lot of other franchises because they're on bullshit. They think because they're Hollywood and they're ex actresses and all this thing that they can, you know, they can, they think they're fooling us. That's why shows like Jersey, I have so much more respect for them. Like we're following this woman to go to prison. The episode where uh, Teresa came home from prison, that's to me is like Emmy nominated television getting to watch that experience that embrace that first embrace that you that you haven't seen your children after being in prison that's the type of stuff that's like reality real reality documentary what i feel like i'm watching like short form documentary but this shit that's on beverly hills is so contrived and scripted and so manipulated i to me beverly hills is not what i consider real reality television jersey is real like the family drama that real stuff that's what i'm looking at so yeah everybody on this show is on bullshit all of them so let's talk about what you wanted to say about brandy i need to know are you team denise are you team brandy because i thought i knew i thought i knew i went on a couple different podcasts in the last couple days having not watched every episode because you know it's between as i was kind of bored of beverly hills if Mm -hmm. i'm honest Mm -hmm. Kind of reading briefly the news and sharing my opinion, saying I'm team 
um, Brandy, I'm team Brandy. And now that I've looked at it and seen it, I don't, I mean, I'll tell you later, but I, what I said on all those previous podcasts, I might take it back, but like, I want to know your opinion. So when you say team Denise or team Brandy, is that who I believe or who I, whose side I'm on? Um, both. Okay. So I believe Brandy. I definitely think they hooked up without a doubt. I am on Denise's side because it's nobody's business. And the fact that Brandy is even, she's her whole storyline is that the reason why I'm doing this is because, you know, uh, Denise tried to blackmail me or manipulate me and put me in the position of being the other woman. And I never wanted to be that yet. You're putting it on national television and no one would have even known otherwise, unless you had brought it on TV. So I'm just not a fan of people trying to like destroy someone else's reputation just to get themselves back on television. You know, hence, like I said, on another podcast, like Sharice on Potomac, Sharice is to Potomac as Brandy is to Beverly Hills. You're irrelevant. No one cares about you. Nobody cares if you suck Denise's clit or whatever the fuck she's going to say next episode. So I definitely am team Denise in the sense that like, why, why are you doing this? This is what I love about podcasting. So for months now, because, you know, we've had this in the press for months. I've been team um, Brandy for the reason that, in my opinion, back in the day, I was like, Brandy has nothing to lose. She has a podcast. She has a career. She writes books. She still makes money, you know. She has nothing to lose. And I always believe the person that has nothing to lose. The way that this has been brought up on television, I was not super down for. You know, the whole, Brandy's in the car. We're about to go to dinner, but I'm dropping off your dresses. That seemed very insincere to me. Then she comes in the room. She's all glammed for television. You know, she's not dressed as someone who's going to dinner. Like, believe me, I see these women out all the time. They do not look like that. Okay, mm -hmm. they look good but not like that, not TV camera ready. Right. That felt very staged to me. She painted Denise as a threat. Mm -hmm. Like, be careful. She might come, she might come at me. She's going to come for me, et cetera, et cetera. But as you said, no one would have fucking known because that is something that Denise did not want to be public knowledge. Right. So Brandy to come in as the victim, I don't want to be the other woman. I feel very strongly about it. That maybe was not the right way to ask for forgiveness to the public, I don't think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it, it's such a big contradiction. It's like you don't want to be known as that, yet you're bringing it on television. I, I know that you like that shit to be shown on TV because that's reality TV. But I truly think that the way this has been presented to us is the wrong way to go about things. And it relates to all the problems I was saying Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has, has had in the past. The only drama that they have is not the actual act of Denise and Brandy having sex. Every single piece of drama that we had in Beverly Hills is press wars. Mm -hmm. It's a war for press. It's a war for good press and a war to take someone down with bad press. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and that's why I think in particular, Beverly Hills is really bad about it being about the press because of these women have Hollywood careers. Whereas if you go somewhere, you know, like Jersey or even New York, these are just regular business women or actual housewives. So I think that yeah. they're, they're so concerned about their image. There's a couple of things that I've watched on your um, recaps that I really want to discuss because I really wanted to talk to you about the hot comb mm. with Garcelle and Sutton. Those are probably things that I would have said to someone trying to show them that I was supportive and I could relate to them and 
Those are the mistakes that I would have typically made. People try to do things and they're clumsy with how they do things. But I kind of want you to explain on the podcast because I have had people on here try and educate the, the, the reality TV listeners as well to explain why you really thought Sutton's, you know, hot comb hair thing was really offensive. I understand your point of view. I just want every other listener to understand as well. Right. Well, so first of all, a hot, so the term hot kitchen in black culture means nappy and nappy people associate nappy with being unkept, unprofessional. They're not put together. They're not, they're less hireable. They associated that with a lot of slaves. A lot of slaves were seen as having nappy hair. They're dirty. They're less of a human being. So for her to use that term when describing her hair, it was a really big slap in the face because that word is just something that even if a black person says it to another black person, it's very offensive because black women in particular take so much pride in our hair. I mean, for me as a black woman, even having natural hair is a political statement because for years and years and years, yeah. you, we were not able to show up to work with the hair that grew from our scalp. Not, oh, you can't show up to work with purple or blue hair. I'm talking just how it grows out of your head. That's not deemed as acceptable in a work environment. So it just felt very, um, very insensitive and just sort of flippant just for her to just like sort of say that her, she has a hot kitchen and that she uses a hot comb. And the hot comb in particular was designed by a black woman specifically for our hair so that we could get better jobs. I don't think that Sutton's intention was to, you know, be offensive or that she was trying to do anything less than what you said, connect with Garcelle. But it was not, that's not the way that you connect with a black woman is by like taking ownership of something that was used to sort of put us down, taking ownership of something that was used to keep us in a box and keep, and keep us from having a seat at the table, hair, something as so small as hair. So that was, yeah. you know, that was why I took, and then I took even greater offenses to just Sutton's response. Cause if Sutton had, cause I don't know if you know, but Sutton sent me a DM about the, oh. yeah, she sent me a DM about the video and I won't, you know, go into great detail, but basically the top sentence that she started the DM with, you clearly don't like me. So for me, it's like, if Sutton had DM me and been like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I've heard my black friends say that. So I thought it was okay for me to say it. I was just trying to say it as a way to connect to ourselves. And I meant nothing by it and not mean to offend you. I'd have been like, cool, great. Not every, I even have other black, I'm telling you, I have black friends of mine that are mixed race and they don't even have, they didn't have as much of a problem with that comment because they don't have the trauma around their hair that someone like me does. I'm very clearly black. My dad is from Africa. There's nothing soft about my hair texture. Like I, right. you know what I mean? Like I have, I literally would cry just looking at that. I had a visceral reaction to hearing that come out of Sutton's mouth because I would cry as a child begging my mother not to use the hot comb because I always got burned. There was no way around it because my hair texture is so tightly coiled. You have to get so close to my ear to get it to lay down. And if your hair starts to curl up, you immediately are less beautiful. You are immediately right. less hireable. So it was it was not a matter of choice. You know what I right. mean? When it comes, it's not like, oh, I'm going to straighten my hair. It's not a preference thing of whether or not I want to use the hot comb or not. This is, do you want to get that job? Do you want to be seen as someone that is, you know, that they take themselves seriously, basically? So, right. and yes, Karen. No, sorry. yeah. So just when she sent me the DM and saying, you know, that I clearly don't like her. And if I got to know her, I would see that she really does, you know, she's a nice person and that she does have black friends and so on and so on. 
that to me was the bigger problem because yeah. the white, the white privilege, I mean, whoa. Before that, I was like, oh my goodness, this lady is literally shaming other women for not knowing what couture is. I was like, that's fine. You like couture. Don't blame others for not knowing what it is. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And it's like, these women are all very privileged as it is. Do not, you know, shame them for not being as privileged as you are. You know, as we said, musical theater is having a moment where they're being more inclusive and they're actually showcasing people for who they are, the, the vocal texture that they have, the background that they have. Reality TV is finally trying to get there. And it's not, and that's the thing that I want to make very clear is I don't expect every white woman or non-person of color to all of a sudden be perfect and just wake up one day and know the exact things to say because it took us 500 years to get here. You're not going to get there in overnight. But the problem that I have is when a black woman or any person of color says, tells you something that is is racist, tells you something is offensive, your immediate response is, I am so sorry. I did not know. I will change. I will work to change that. Thank you so much for educating me. That's the only response that I think is ever appropriate. I've responded back to her, but I should have just said, read this book, White Fragility. I never would have even thought twice about it until I saw your video, which is the sad part. Absolutely. I mean, don't, you're not alone in that. I'm telling you, like my followers are 95, 96% white. And every, almost every DM I got was either I had no idea or I felt something was off, but I didn't know. And I couldn't figure it out because Garcelle made it even more confusing. So you're not the only one, like the only people that in my followers that got it were the black people that really right. understood the depth and the, you know, the weight of what she said, even if they felt like, even if they felt that something was off, they ignored it because of Garcelle's reaction. So you're not alone in that. So I don't want you to like, you know, try to make it, make yourself feel bad about the fact that you didn't notice it. Cause a lot of people did. And that's what I'm trying to get at here is that by me yeah. pointing that out and sudden, I'm not looking to be like, how dare you not know this? I don't expect these white women to know these things. Why would they, they'd never took an interest before. So why would they know now? Why would you know anything about the history of black hair all of a sudden, just because there's a Black Lives Matter movement that's going on right now? Why would you know that? My whole thing is let's have a conversation about it. Let's normalize the conversation about why this is inappropriate, what it means, and what is your response to that? When a black woman or any person of color points it out, let's talk about what is the response because it's going to happen again. You're going to say something again and again and again and again. So the conversation is around what do we do after? What's the conversation after? Not I trying to diminish this conversation that we're having, but what do you think of Garcelle as a housewife, personally? <sighs> um, I okay. I I really I really I think Garcelle is great. Like I think she's you know she's very likable. She's very very down to earth woman. She's very beautiful. She has a great head on her shoulders, and I feel like she gets it. I feel like she's a viewer's house housewife. Like she views things in the way that we do. She says the things in her confessional that we are thinking. Like she's very much like the viewer's friend. But at the same thing, I don't think she makes the best housewife and then not necessarily is her fault. I think that she is not, I think she needs to be in a different 
cast. I, I've said this before. Can we just recast the whole show around Garcelle and bring like her friends that she brought to lunch that day? Just bring on like Eddie Murphy's ex-wife and a couple of other people. It yeah. was so fucking funny. Oh my God. I loved it. So I, I think Garcelle is great as Garcelle, but as far as like, I don't feel like she really fits in in the cast. I feel like she's, like I said, she's gone a lot. And when she does sort of like interject, like the whole thing that she brought up with Lisa Rinna's, it kind of didn't land very well for me. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think she's a great voice of reason. I like Garcelle, but I don't, she's not very, she's not bringing a lot to the table for me so far. Yeah. There's a couple things that bugged me about Garcelle. So for example, for me, if you give me a Garcelle and an Erica as the lead housewives, I'm happy. I'm like, cool. We're good to go. We have a great show. Right. You know what I mean? I loved Garcelle at first because I was like, that's it. She's going to be Erica's best friend. She's funny as fuck. She's beautiful. Yes. She dresses amazing. She's a great mother. I like to see a great mother on housewives because I think that apart from Kyle, we don't really see that all that much. Not yeah. that I want to like mom shame people. We don't see it. I'm not saying that we see that they're bad moms. I'm just, I just mean, we don't see it. Right, right. What is it that she's so pissed off about when it comes to Kyle? Have you seen something that I have not seen? You you pay a lot of attention to detail. I mean, yeah, I don't even, I think it's the reason why other, a lot of people that don't like, I don't like Kyle. And I think that Garcelle is not really able to articulate it because I don't think that Kyle has done something so clear to her that she can necessarily bring to the table. I think it's just like an overall just like not liking her. Why don't you like Kyle? I think Tell me more. Kyle to me is very, um, She's very insecure, in my opinion, and it's 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 just like very unattractive to me. I find her to be very uh, manipulative. Like I think that she likes to sort of like use Teddy as a mouthpiece, like make Teddy do. I feel like uh, Kyle is making Teddy what Lisa Rinna made Kyle to be. Remember that really like the dynamic between Lisa Rinna and Kyle? I, I hated that yeah. dynamic. And yes. I'm feeling a similar dynamic between Kyle and Ketty and even sometimes the read. I just don't like Kyle. I find her to just be very, um, she doesn't feel very inclusive. Like she feels like she wants to be the head B now that she's the, you know, the, the original OG. And um, I find her to be very, just sort of like, just the way that she likes called Denise like a ragamuffin, like kind of turn her nose up at people. I don't know. I just, I don't like her. Wow. Okay. This is where I've always loved Kyle. Mm -mm. She's insecure. I don't like her. She is, but aren't we all? But, aren't in, a, we but all? in a way, but it's not in a way that it's it like makes her feel more approachable or a way that's like, oh, I relate to her insecurity. It's in a way that her insecurity is like unattractive. Like, ugh. Like, I don't like it. Like, it doesn't make, she doesn't use her insecurity to like showcase her vulnerability. She like tries to like cover it up in a way that makes her put a bad taste. I don't like her. I don't like Kyle. I, I appreciate see, see, I love a girl that comes on. Can I say a bitch? I love a bitch that comes on my <laughs> podcast and shares like a different opinion than my own. Knowing that you don't like Kyle. Yes. Okay. Do you think that Garcelle's reaction at that charity event was the it right was, thing? No, I don't. It was out of pocket. It, it, <laughs> it, it felt like it came out of left field. I feel like she probably is similar to me and other people that don't like Kyle. It's just like, you just don't like Kyle because Kyle, ugh, there's just so many things like her whole, like her store and then her doing her fashion line and just like her bangs and like her whole like childhood career, like how, and then how she just makes such a big deal about her shooting one fucking movie. Like, oh, good job. Like you work for the first time in like 20 years and she just keeps bringing it up and bringing it up. 
And so I feel that Garcelle was feeling these feelings and kind of just like blurted it out. But it wasn't it wasn't adding up because we haven't seen enough on screen to justify you calling this woman out on stage at a fucking charity event. It was very right. it was very inappropriate, even though I feel her like I don't like Kyle either. But her calling her out was like, uh, where did that come from? Before it was like, we didn't see much of you. You, you know, threw shade at a charity event and we didn't fucking see you. I was like, goodbye. Mm -hmm. Okay. The road trip. Can we just talk about how everyone's having this like deep conversation at the wine tasting? And she's like, bitch, I'm tipsy. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. And then then Erica was like, bitch, me too. Uh I was really mad at her in in, in the first few episodes, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, totally. And I appreciate Garceau, like I said, because she says what we're all thinking when we're watching She the show. actually does. And this is what I say a lot about reality TV stars. When I look at Garcelle, I'm like, this is someone I want to be friends with. Mm-hmm. And whenever I see someone and I think this person is someone that I would want to be friends with, they don't make good TV. You want the messy fucking bitch on reality TV. Right. So, you know, and Garcelle's not messy. That's not messy. That's the thing. Yeah, I think Garcelle is great, but I don't think she's. I don't think she's the best fit for the show. A different also, another thing too with Kyle, the whole like glam squad thing that she threw a fucking fit over that. It's just like, girl, why the fuck do you care? Like, get over it. Just get over it. I think like you, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, get over the whole glam thing. Like, you use glam. They all fucking use glam except for Denise, but maybe she should. Um, <laughs> But she shouldn't, <laughs> though, because that's what makes her Denise. That's all. That's her whole brand. Her brand is that. Very true. Very true. She could use a little bit of styling advice. A tiny, tiny, a tiny, teeny, tiny bit. Just a little bit. Just a little sprinkle. Come on. A little sprinkle that here leather and there. Jacket, that leather jacket with that dress. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dorit can look fucking ridiculous at times. It's obnoxious as fuck. But, like, come on, that dress with the leather jacket in Italy, I was like, Nobody wears those anymore. Yeah, no, she, she, but here's the thing. And this is a very, probably an unpopular opinion, but people like, they overlook Garcelle's fucking fashion. Like Garcelle's style is horrendous. No, epic. Garcelle, I cannot fucking stand her style. Did you not see that outfit she wore with that pink bow on the back? This last episode, she had a pink bow on the back of her blazer. What the fuck is that? I, I thought that was a part of the hair thing. So here's the thing. I liked the blazer, but I didn't like the hair piece. That pink bow on the back, the, the fucking Giovanni jumpsuit that she wore at Kyle's fundraiser. It was a bedazzled Giovanni jumpsuit. She's always so like, come on. She's got great skin. She always, we're not talking about, we're not talking. And this is why I hate white women do. They would be like, oh, she has great skin. Like she's this, her skin's so beautiful. You're not, you wouldn't say that about any of the other wh- white women saying, oh, I, yeah. I do. Kim Richards has the, wor- the, the worst fucking skin I've ever seen. Like she always looks a mess. Right. But if you're talking about someone's style, why are we talking about her skin? But when you're pretty. It's very easy to, to, to get away with that's wearing. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I, I don't say it very often because I don't want to take away from the fact that she's a stunningly beautiful black woman. But some right. of her, I mean, they're very suspect. If you if somebody were to do a snapshot of every outfit that Garcelle has worn this season and put them side by side, you cannot sit here and tell me that her style is fabulous. I liked the blazer. Oh so, and you liked what she wore to uh, Erica Jane's house to meet Tom. That pink outfit. I don't remember. She Hold wore on. like a what pink blazer dress. It was like a pink suede. And she wore purple knee-high suede boots. No. 
No, but people people overlook it because you know it's Garcelle. She's beautiful. She's black. But to me, I don't I don't like. I, I can't get into. It's something about it to me is racist, but I don't know exactly how to articulate it. So I'll leave it at that. But yes, no, tell me. You I don't know exactly because I've talked about it with my fiance. Like, why is it that like people like they want to be like, oh, Garcelle's so beautiful and like her skin is so beautiful in this, but then if, if any other other white women, they're like really focused on their fashion, but Garcelle, they just like don't say anything because they don't they don't want to come across like there's being too hard on her because she's black or something. I don't know what it is, but like. Overall, in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the outfits are overall ridiculous. And to me, Garcelle's styling is a little bit more tame than the other, than the crazy, the, the other crazier women that wear crazy outfits. No, yeah, it is more tamed. But the choices that she makes, even when they are tamed, just the choices to me are like, why? Like, why? When I look at outfits on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the only people that I'm looking at are Dorit and Erica Jane because they're the only ones where I'm like, what the fuck are they going to wear in this episode? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't remember Kyle's outfits. I don't remember Teddy's outfits. I remember Denise's outfits because sometimes they're really so terrible that I can't help it but just notice them. So for me, you know, I see Garcelle. She's Beautiful. Now that you mention it, some of the outfits were of really poor taste, but they are kind of tame. So to me, I just see like someone who's pretty. You know, when I look at Kyle, I don't necessarily notice all her outfits. I see someone who's pretty. And I think, yeah, maybe you're right. I'm looking at some images right now. They're not the best outfits. And I'm not saying she's on Sutton's level because Sutton will wear a bag. Like, I don't know what Sutton is doing. (laughs) So it's not like that. Like Garcelle's is more of like, so here's the thing. Sutton's is like a all the way, like she's on another category. Garcelle's is like a slight miss. It's like, it's in the lane and I get where she's going, but it's just slightly off. Like if you literally look at the picture from the episode where Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane wore the exact same thing. And then Garcelle also wore a pink blazer dress, but Mm -hmm. she wore it with purple knee high suede boots and then like yeah. the, the fabric that hers, it was, hers just was like slightly cheaper, if that makes sense. Like just slightly yeah. like a cheaper version of their outfit. So yeah, I am think the boots, the, 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 she tried to color block mm-hmm. with the boots and that made it cheaper because I think when you wear like a statement color, it's very risky to then go for like different textured, different color boots and then the hair clips. Right. My main yeah. thing is this, is that like, I think why I'm so sensitive about Garcelle is that she's so fucking beautiful and she's yeah. like a goddess, literally. I mean, she's on another level than any of the other women. So it just irks me when I see her. It's just like almost there, but it's just like slightly off. It's like, okay, I would love to see her in a bodysuit, but not a bedazzled Giovanni one. She's too good for a bedazzled Giovanni bodysuit. You know what I mean? I mean? Like she's a queen goddess. She doesn't need to be in a Giovanni bodysuit that's bedazzled from head to toe with gloves. They were gloved. This outfit is not it. So I just feel sensitive about it because she deserves so she needs somebody. She needs to hire another. I feel the same way I got about Giselle from Potomac. Giselle, she's gorgeous, but her clothes are just like, oh my God, who is styling it? I don't want to make it seem like I'm just like the style police or whatever. But if you look at it in the sense that like every single outfit I have ever seen on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is a legit caricature. No, you're right. I just think, I just want more for her is all I'm saying. Because yes, obviously Dorit looks ridiculous every other episode. America <laughs> Jane is completely over the top. But these women are basic blonde bitches. That's, they need to do that. Garcelle doesn't need to do that. She is gorgeous. She needs to get a stylist that pulls her pieces that are just like, 
just so the, the, the quality is just so there that it doesn't I have to it. just like jump out at you. And I feel like she's picking yeah. these pieces that are like sort of like loud or whatever to sort of like, oh, that's what she feels like she should wear. Like, oh, I'm going to wear these like purple knee high boots to over to Erica Jane's house because that's what we're supposed to do. And really, she could just wear something so chic and simple and her beauty would just do all the talking. She That's all she would have to do. But this is just me. Like, I'm not the fashion police. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of people that think Garcelle's. When I saw that pink bow on the back of her neck, I, I about jumped out of my seat. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, why is nobody? Nobody on Instagram was talking about it because I feel like they don't. They feel like they can't talk shit about her because she's black. But I thought I feel like if anyone else had worn that. And that's why I feel funny about it, because I feel like if a white woman had worn that, that they, they would have gone in on her. But they didn't. Nobody said anything about that pink bow on the back of her neck. And I'm just like, why? So why are we not talking about this? Like, that makes me feel I don't know, like she's le left out or something like because she's a token black girl. So we don't want to talk about her because then we don't want to seem like we're like ganging up on the black girl. And really, like, let's treat her as an equal. Like, let's talk about Garcelle's fashion. Like, let's talk about what let's talk. I'll talk about Garcelle's wig. Nobody's going to talk about Garcelle's wig because a white woman can't talk about Garcelle's wig. But I can talk about Garcelle's wig. Her wigs are horrible. And you probably can't even tell which ones are wigs and which ones are. I, I can't tell. I can't. I don't tell. Oh my fucking God. Are you fucking kidding me? She wears a wig in every episode, which there's nothing wrong with wearing a wig, but her wigs are really, really, really bad. And I never say, I never say anything about it because I know most of the people that watch the show are white. So they don't really, it doesn't really, there's no point. Cause you can't even, you don't even know. I didn't even think to look if it was a wig or not. I was just like, Oh, cool hat. Like I didn't, I, T talk about it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wearing a wig, but like her wig. So for instance, like wigs have a lace front. So the lace front is like where the part is. The part is a fake part. So instead of it being your actual hair, it's lace. So the lace right. is supposed to meet the edge of your hairline and blend in right. seamlessly. But every scene, I can literally see where the wig starts on Garcelle's head. There's only been one scene where I thought her wig looked good. And it was a scene where she had the meeting with the production team for her new film that she's doing. That wig was gorgeous. But the wig that she has on in Rome, the big fluffy one, oh my God. No, it's not even the t the hair, it's style. It's the quality of the wig that bothers me because you, right. can, you can see the lace front. I would just, I could give you a whole tutorial of like what is a good lace front wig and what is a bad lace front wig. Like a lace front wig that's good, you don't know that the hair is not growing out of her head and like black people can't tell. White people are not gonna be able to tell regardless, but no, I, I, I can I tell right away. So maybe that's why, maybe that's why she doesn't put that much effort into it. Cause she knows it's a white audience and she's probably thinking like, what, what do I care? Like, why am I going to spend? Cause wigs are like thousands of dollars. A really good one is thousands of dollars. But right. you, I tell you this, you will never catch anybody on Atlanta wearing a wig like that. I'll tell you that because they know they have a black audience and a black person will drag them for filth for a wig like that. But Garcelle, she can do that because she's on a white show and they don't know the difference. She's just like, okay, like I'll wear this like boots and this bedazzled thing. And like, I'll wear these clips like Dorit did that one season. Like, oh yeah, this with these clips in. And oh, I'll wear this hot pink thing and this bow. But really I wish she would like sit down with someone and be like, let's get your look. Let's, what is your vibe? What is your beauty? What do we, what do we want to highlight for you in particular? And, you know, maybe she just hasn't had she hasn't ever been really required to do that, because when you're on set, they're styling you, they're picking out, they're dressing you for the character. And then when you're doing red carpet, people are lending you dresses, you're doing fittings specifically for that. But when you're doing something that's more like a lifestyle setting where you're having to be on camera for just like random settings that you wouldn't normally necessarily be filmed in, it's hard to think like, OK, what do I wear? Not what would I wear in my normal life? or What would I want to wear while being filmed doing this on television? So it's something new for her that she's learning to navigate. Because even look at Dorit first season. She was not dressing the way she's dressing now. She saw what yeah. Erica Jane was bringing to the table and then she stepped it all the way up. 
So yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't expect her to just jump on the scene and have her look all the way together right off the top. But I just really, 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 really wish that like she would hire like a brand new team. Like she needs all new wigs, all new makeup, all new clothes, all new everything. I'm really grateful that you like brought this up. L- live and learn. And that, it's that's hard. I feel weird whenever I talk about Garcelle in this way, because I know that white people are listening to this. And my black friends that were listening to this, they would be like, yes, girl, that wig. Yeah, Garcelle. But I don't want to make it seem like I'm like not supporting another black woman. But it's the truth. I, this podcast is a fluffy podcast. You know, if someone's going to come on here and say something that's going to educate people, please be my guest because God, the world fucking needs it. So thank you. But I'm not trying to be like, okay, white girl, like all you white girls, like go and look up Garcelle's wig and see how horrible it is. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, you know what I mean? In a way it feels like some, something the undertone of it is like racist to me to like overlook everything with Garcelle because she's like black and beautiful. It's not being inclusive. Like give her a full seat at the table. That episode where uh, Dorit and Erica Jane like had the same, everyone was picking apart their styles and whose look is better and who's this. Everybody's picking apart Kyle's bangs. Like they're just the worst thing ever. They're picking apart Sutton's outfit, picking apart everyone else, but they give they yeah. give nothing to Garcelle. And to me, it's like, give her a seat at the table. Treat her like an equal. Yeah. Let's talk about her wig. But white people, they're not educated on black hair. Black hair is not normalized. So they don't, they don't want to touch it. So, you know, for me, I see someone who dresses less like shit than everyone else. And I'm like, that's cool. Thank you. But thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and being open about this. Yeah, let's she does everyone. And, and, I, and, and just say for me, it's like I actually enjoy Erica's pieces. I think that it's an art form for her. I think that uh, Denise, uh, I think that Dorit it wears fashion like a costume, like it wears her. But I actually think mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Erica Jane is very, uh, I think she, the, the choices that she makes are very intentional. I like some of yeah. the choices that Erica Jane makes. I don't like what Dorit does because she'll just wear something and then put Versace across her chest just to be like, I'm fashion. I'm a fashion girl. I'm wearing Versace all over yeah. from head to toe. Whereas uh, Erica would just show up in just like a black dress or she'll, you know, sometimes Erica just does stuff that are, is over the top, but other times she'll just show up looking like classic and simple and clean. And I appreciate yeah. the range of, of Erica. She has a lot of range. Whereas Dorit is just every time it's just like, throw up in it just everywhere. Like I put everything on that for this outfit from head to toe, I'm going to gel down my edges and I'm going to put pearls on them. And then I'm going to wear yeah. this Versace and then Balmain and then Dolce & Gabbana, like everything all at once. And you know, I agree. You know, you're in an environment where you expect a fucking costume. I still think that within the range that Erica is giving us, there is not one piece that she's worn that I would actually potentially wear. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's her. I think I think that's her point, though. She's like, don't try to be on my level, bitch. I'm a rich bitch. You don't need to wear what I'm wearing. It's expensive to be me. I know. And that but this is the thing. I feel like everyone's trying to do now on the show. Yeah. So when I I I don't look at it expecting to see something that is massively tasteful to begin with, which, by the way, I really wish we saw a little bit. You know, I like the trip that Kyle was like, don't bring any glam. It was still glam. Please don't us like we get it like you got you got fake lashes your lash extensions mm-hmm. you got your pre-made the hair extensions made for the trip like come on can we see a little bit more of like you for a sec i mean i know right. that we don't watch Beverly Hills for this but sometimes it would be nice um right. and it, it goes back I, to what we were saying before it's like they're so they're all so hollywood they're all you know people in the industry 
And I def I do think that Erica was a big part of changing that game because before, prior to Erica, they weren't bringing the looks like that. She was the one that really started that whole thing of like the 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 looks. Before it was just like you know Lisa Vanderpump would show up with like a silk top and a tie, you know, or like a her hair teased out or something like that. Like Erica was really the first one to really bring like fully, you know, yeah constructed looks that a whole team has put together. So really, I mean, we have Erica to, to blame for a lot of this clownery, to be honest. Yeah, but it is sometimes entertaining to watch, let's yes. not lie. And then that's, <laughs> you know, we have Beverly Hills for that. And then we have over, you know, we, we watch Roni and they, you know, they go on trips and there's not one glam person in sight. That, that said, going back to Rinna, I want to know... Um, if you thought that there was a part of her that was kind of insincere with the way that she dealt with the whole Den Denise thing, how, how do you feel about that whole oh my friendship? God. Give her a fucking Oscar. That shit was so fucking bullshit. All that crying. <laughs> oh, yes. I do want to go to church. I do want to go to church. Like, just like she was having this moment, like she was just having this come to Jesus. Like, you know what? Save me, Lord. Save me from my sins. It was such bullshit. She was crying uh, because she felt bad because she's like, oh, my God, I'm a fake, phony ass friend. And I've been a friend to this woman for all these years. And now I'm sitting here on TV throwing her completely under the bus. And I think all the emotions and the guilt and shame of that hit her at once. And that's why she was crying. But she wasn't crying because she felt bad for hurting Denise. She was crying because she felt like, oh, I look and feel like a bad person. It was about her. It wasn't about Denise. Because she, like Lisa Renna has made it very clear that she's a hustler. And she's going to get the coin in whichever way possible. So she doesn't fucking care about anybody's feelings. I think just in that moment, she it just hit her like, oh, wow, I am hurting this woman. And I feel bad about the fact that I look and feel like a bad person. But those tears, she can save the fucking tears. Those tears were bullshit. Right. I agree with you. And so with regards to the whole thing. <laughs> you're like, you're like I, I agree with you. <laughs> but is, there, is there a butt coming? Is there a butt coming? No, there's no buts. The reason why I asked you to comment about it was because I thought it was just bullshit. The way that she was like going to Kyle. By, but by the way. It was such, okay, you want my real opinion? You're going to get it. The Please. way that she went, <laughs> the way that she went to fucking Kyle and Dorit while they were eating lunch, crying to them. <sighs> the only thing that I was looking at was Kyle's pasta. Such <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. Okay. It was so Thank fucking you. fake. I was like, when is this going to end? What can I look at? And then I look at this big, massive bowl of spaghetti <laughs> and I was like, fuck that shit looks good and then i was like wait why am i not looking at lisa renner right now oh wait because it's bullshit fucking bullshit she's like yeah I, I had i had a bit of a breakdown really really renner you had a breakdown girl go break down your hair go wash that yeah. hair spray out and break it down and start over and like we've saw we see it when everyone was like why did why didn't you bring it up to denise she was like one word munchausen Ugh, like my god it made her look bad. It gave her a bad edit that season. And that's what she was thinking about. Exactly. So you know, nothing to do with her, nothing to do with anybody else, but her. Exactly. I thought it was a very selfish move. Do I think that she wants to do better? Yeah, probably. But you know, she realized in that moment, I'm a, I'm a shitty fucking person and it looks bad on TV. Yeah. So she doesn't want to do better because she wants to be a genuinely better friend. She wants to do better because she wants to play the game better. She's like, okay, I'm not playing this game in the best way. I'm making myself look bad. I got to figure out a better way to move these chess players because she's not making good moves. That's what she, that's why she was crying. Yeah, and you, it sounded like you were like a little bit hesitant. I'm like, oh, what, what, what's your butt? <laughs> That's a butt, and I'm sitting on it, but it's not that kind of butt. <laughs> so, so uh, Lisa Renna is full of shit. 
I didn't think so until this episode. And then I was like, fuck, you're an actress. And I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Forgot about it. And don't get me wrong. So- she does have likable qualities. I like her energy and her enthusiasm and how she's so committed to playing this role of a reality star. I appreciate that. She's all in. She's giving it 100%. But uh, yeah. we're not stupid. We're not stupid. You need to do a better job. I appreciate that. And I appreciated that, you know, unlike someone like Denise, if someone confronts her about something, I think Lisa Renna will own up to it. Whether mm-hmm. it's sometimes insincere or not, she she won't walk away. And yeah. I do appreciate that about her. She gives us epic reality TV. Yes. She's the most honest person in the world? Probably not. Probably not. But and who it's is so it? annoying because that's her whole brand is, I own it. No, you own what you want to own. <laughs> you're not You're not owning shit. You, own, you, you decide what you want to own and what makes you look the way that you want to look. And then you own that. Everything else is not on the table. With regards to, you know, we were talking about Brandy and Denise, so we have to conclude on that. Mm-hmm. Why is this causing such a problem? I, <laughs> I think that, the, <laughs> I think the root of it is this. Denise is getting a big fat ass paycheck and they are mad because she is trying to manipulate her edit and the way that she is seen by the viewers because she wants to protect her family because of what she's going through with Charlie Sheen. They are mad about that because they're like, look, bitch, especially Kyle, which is why I feel Kyle is behind most of this. Kyle's been on this show for years and years and years. And she's like, okay, well, we have to look bad. My sister's out here being an alcoholic and a drug addict on screen. And you think you can just show up after two seasons, get $4 million and create the type of edit that you want and leave whenever you want to leave and this and that. So I think by them really driving home this whole lesbian affair, that's their way of trying to tear her down and bring her back down to earth and put her in her place. That's what I think the bottom line is. I think it's not even so much that like they're judgmental about the sexuality. I think it's more of like they want to use that to tear her down because they resent the fact that she's fucking Denise Richards. Like Denise said, I'm fucking Denise Richards and they're jealous. I think it's rooted in jealousy. So you think they're a bit jealous and they're like, why would you get away with your hands exactly. clean? Web? Exactly. When we don't, when we don't, when, yeah. when Kim Richards gets accused of doing meth on screen when Kyle and her sister had to look like fucking idiots and mean girl talk about a mean girl when they're hiding another woman's crutches. So they're jealous that she gets to to maybe get away with the stuff that she's doing and they didn't. And that's, they're trying to even the playing field. They want to make her work for that $4 million. And you have to think about it. It's like, People that are bringing in a lot of viewers that have the most Instagram followers that have been on the show the longest, they have a lot more control than people think. Take Atlanta, for example. Phaedra and Candy had this big blowout, blah, 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 blah. And Phaedra was a fan favorite. Other women have gotten into big blowouts and have left the show and were able to come back. But Phaedra is not allowed to come back because Candy has Mm -hmm. basically said that she won't do the show if Phaedra comes back. And Candy has the highest amount of followers of anyone on Bravo. You would be surprised how much control these people have that are on the show as far as like the narrative and what's going to take place. And I think that Kyle, because with her being the longest standing housewife on this franchise, she she wants Denise to be seen in this light. She enjoys it. So I think that's why I think it's that that's the reason why the storyline has been dragged out for so long. And I think also there's not shit else to talk about because these women are so concerned with preserving their image that there's not that much content. So they pick one thing and drag it out for a whole season, whereas you can watch a show like Roni and Roni. There's something every episode. 
And then right. we come over here to Beverly Hills last season. We talked about a dog all season. And now we're talking right. about a fucking one night stand that I, nobody. Why do we care? This is Hollywood. You're in West Hollywood. This is LGBTQ, the Mecca of LGBTQ. Like, why do we care about a bisexual encounter? They, they want to bring her down. They're jealous. They're mad about her paycheck. They're mad because they think that she is having control of her narrative more so than any of them got the opportunity to have. You, you, you even heard how Dorit was like, well, you know, we've all had our time in the hot seat when they wanted to talk about her finances. So it's your turn. Why do you get to say whose turn it is? So you guys have all collectively decided that it's Denise's turn to sit in the hot seat. So y'all are all going to go after her. That's why, you know what I'm saying? It's just so, it's just so like, you guys are all followers. When they split up the last episode, when they all split up and went into two different hotel rooms and it was like Denise, Garcelle and who else was in and, yeah. and Dorit and then the rest of them went to the other room and yes. they were all talking about it and stuff and crying and stuff. I was so disappointed that Erica was in the same room with uh, Kyle and them. Like I was like, really Erica? Like, why are you not over here with Garcelle and Denise? Like Garcelle is like your girl. Like, why are you, why are you over here following along with these bitches? I actually thought that, you know, when, when um, Erica said, you don't need to explain yourself, I thought that she would be in support right. of Denise. But she wasn't. And, can I, and I have one question that I'm just curious. If you, do you think that, number one, that she has an open marriage with Aaron? And do you think that he, like, is okay with, like, do you think it's like a known thing that they have an agreement, that they have an open marriage, and he's mad that it's becoming a known thing, and that's why she's... That has something to do. Do you think do you think Aaron is like a part of this whole equation? So I'm gonna give my honest opinion on this, but I don't want to spread rumors. So, you know, my opinion is not based in fact. Right. That's I'm just gonna preface because I don't want to spread rumors. You well, know what let's I mean? Preface People- this whole podcast with none of this is based in fact. This is all speculation. So um, so my opinion is that, you know, I've never thought that Denise was a little Virgin Mary. She's very reformed with the way that she is in every single aspect of her life. It might not be for everyone. It's her decision and it's her business. My true feelings is that she does have an open marriage. Mm -hmm. I don't really see Denise as being someone who goes by the book, Mm -hmm. how she's told to do things. I think that the reason why this caused so much drama was because maybe her husband was not okay with her having something with Brandy and she tried to do it behind his back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how it came across to me. Yeah. I think that he's okay with her being with a random person here and there, but it's close to home. It's within the same circles. It's within the show. And I think that maybe he doesn't want his private sexual preferences to be put on blast on a show. So he may have felt you know, a little bit skeptical towards Brandy who has a big mouth mm-hmm. and he maybe would like stay away from Brandy. Absolutely. And I think that she's not necessarily trying to cover her ass, but also her husband's who was uncomfortable with this situation being made public. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also like I have a friend of mine who she's in an open relationship and it's oftentimes like even if the man is okay with it, they don't want people to know because it threatens their masculinity. The fact them know people knowing that their wife has to be sexually pleased elsewhere and that they have to be okay with it. So I think, yeah. and yeah. we have seen that in a bunch of episodes that he is he has the tendency to want to look very alpha male. He's yes. very like, like do you know what I mean? Yes. And I feel like that's not something he would be comfortable with being out there in the open. So I think that Denise, if it was only up to her and 
her only image of herself, she probably would have been like, yeah, fuck yeah, I don't care. I'm bisexual. Or, I have an or the whole Charlie Sheen, the court stuff too, because she doesn't want anything held against. I think those two things. I think Aaron and then also the possibility yes. of her jeopardizing her custody and stuff. So those two things. Exactly. So where I sympathized with her was I didn't think it was a selfish decision to not want these things on blast on the show. I think it was for her husband and for her family. And yes. that's where I felt really sorry for her. Absolutely. Um, if, I, if I'm being honest. So... Totally um, agree. I totally see. We agree on that one. We agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope she yeah. finds you fucking friends. Totally. Just like keep Garcelle and throw the rest away. Garcelle seems to be the only one that is like a real friend of hers. I feel like she was one of the only ones with um, pure intentions. Maybe she's not been tainted by the show yet. I feel like if anyone may have been pure in the past is now so tainted by the show. And I just think they, they don't even know what's real anymore and they don't even know what a real, real sympathy, real empathy is anymore, which Absolutely. is sad. Absolutely. So with that said, Sasha, can you let everyone know where they can find you and do all the plans? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a good way to end, end on like coming to my page and following me. Um, yes. So I am at the Bravo breakdown on Instagram and I also just started a Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash the Bravo breakdown. So I break down one episode a week on my feed on IGTV. So right now I'm covering the Real Housewives of Potomac. If you guys are not watching that, I don't understand why. It's amazing. And um, I'm also breaking down Roni and Beverly Hills, but exclusively on my Patreon. So if you want to see my breakdowns for Roni or Beverly Hills, you can subscribe to my Patreon. It's only $5 a month. You get a breakdown every single week. And we're breaking down all the stuff with Lisa Renna, all the stuff that's going on over at Roni for $5. And then you can go follow me on my page on Instagram and see all things Potomac. And in my stories, I talk, I post a lot of information about like BLM and um, allyship and in inclusivity and black hair education and texturism and colorism and all that stuff that I sort of like touched on in my breakdown about the hot comb. I really get into like a little bit, a lot more detail in my stories. And so th that stuff is available on my story highlights on my page. Make sure you check it out. I learn a lot from this. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And this oh, was so thank great. You for having me. I had so much fun. I really did. Thank you so much for listening to the You Can't Say With Me podcast. Just a quick reminder, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It is the most helpful and supportive thing you can do for this show. Also, if you would like to engage in the conversation yourself, you're welcome to request to join the secret Facebook group. It's called You Can't Sit With Me. Don't forget to look for it. But all really annoying and thirsty plugs aside, hope you enjoy this episode.